and welcome to the ninth episode of the Roots to STEM podcast, a podcast where we talk to scientists about the paths they've taken to get where they are today and the lessons that they've learned along the way. I'm your host, Stephanie Katie, here with my co-host, Maggie Warren. Hi, everybody. Great to have you here with us today. On today's episode, we're talking with Rebecca Huang, who is an electrical engineer working at Anello Photonics. Rebecca started at Stanford as an electrical engineering PhD student, but isn't totally sure that a PhD is for her, which is something we talk about quite a bit in this episode. So she got her master's and is currently taking a break from Stanford to get some experience working in industry and spend some time thinking about whether she wants to come back to finish her PhD or not. In addition to all of that, in this episode, we talk about how a PhD and grad school in general isn't all just about the science and that you learn lots of soft skills along the way too. We also talk about how to reframe your perspective when facing tough situations and the fact that you can do anything you want as long as you're willing to fail and get back up again. So for anyone out there wondering whether a PhD is for you, this episode will be especially useful as Rebecca is totally thinking through a lot of those things herself. We hope you enjoy. Hi, Rebecca. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the Roots to STEM podcast. Hi, Steph. Okay, so let's start out with just can you introduce yourself to us, to the listeners, and talk about who you are, what your job or position is, and what the research that you do or the research that you've done in the past is about. Hi, guys. My name is Rebecca L. Huang. Um, the L is actually just a letter. Um, so, because my parents messed up when they said that. <laughs> it's supposed to be my mother's maiden name, but it's just literally a letter. Um, anyways, uh, what my job or position is. So, I am currently a uh, photonics test intern at um, a startup called Anello. Um, and I got my master's from Stanford, a master's in electrical engineering. And uh, my research, well, my research was... Um, mostly focused on, you know, the stimulation of like photonic devices. I honestly, this is, I don't know what like photonics means. So like, can you explain, you know, you know, for a very, very basic level of someone who doesn't understand anything about electrical engineering, I know what that uh, means. Um, sure. So photonics is, uh, you know, the study of light. Um, and for example, like what you can do with, with photonics, um, is uh, some people work in uh, data centers, other people work in like LIDAR. I think that's a very like relevant, like people know what that that is. Um, and um, people work, it's, it's a very broad field in terms of what you can do. Uh, so for example, I'm currently working on, on gyroscopes, which is the stuff, uh, the, the sensors in your phone that like, uh, can figure out when you're like lying down on your bed and horizontal uh, mm -hmm. versus when you're like straight up and vertical and it'll mm -hmm. um, sense the rotation. Uh, so you can do, you can do a lot of light, a uh, lot with light. Um, yeah. So how exactly does that work? I'm curious. So basically like, let's say you have like a loop of a fiber, right? And um, you send light in one way and you send in light another way, okay? And if you move this fiber according to the rotation of this one particular light, uh, this light, like one of, the, one of the light paths is gonna see um, less and one of, one of the other paths is gonna see more. Um, so uh, the difference uh, in, in that is what gives you like how much you're rotating. So like, the, mm. if, that, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. 
No, that makes sense. This is where people listening are going to be like, mm, yes, Stephanie is not an engineer. <laughs> she is a biologist through and through. Okay. So is that what you're doing now in your job? Yeah, so I'm working on gyroscopes um, and we're trying to get these gyroscopes because right now, like, they're super expensive. Um, and I think only like one or two companies have like a monopoly over, uh, on them because they're used for really high precision uh, uh, things, like, especially in military. Um, so okay. it costs a bunch and we're trying to basically get it smaller, get it cheaper. And um, yeah. Okay, so one question that I have for you, and this is continuing along my like, Stephanie doesn't know things about engineering, is uh, I wonder if you could talk about sort of the differences in career opportunities or um, just sort of the differences between like pursuing a bachelor's in different engineering fields, I guess electrical engineering in particular. I don't know if there are similarities across other engineering fields, but it's like a bachelor's versus a master's versus a PhD. Um, Cause I feel like I have this naive sense of like, you know, I just sort of thought that like anyone who graduated from undergrad with a bachelor's in engineering was like set. And so I'm just curious, like, you know, what other doors does getting a master's or PhD sort of open for you that you might not have had access to otherwise? Yeah, for sure. Um, So I guess in terms of like, we can start from the PhD, uh, obviously opens doors for professorship for for roles in academia. Um, And also, um, you know, I've been around a lot of PhDs or or people who are getting their PhDs in in electrical engineering. And, And what I've noticed is that a lot of them end up working for like the research branch of certain uh, companies. So for example, a bunch of uh, uh, students end up working for like Apple um, and they're like researching like the new um, technologies that they put in their like next generation products, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And uh, yeah, like a lot of them work on like the CTO branch of the company. Um, So I think, I think PhDs really do open up doors in that kind of sense. Um, I have some friends who end up working for like national labs um, and um, I think they do a lot of research in, in uh, that particular like government-based kind of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms for of, of masters, that's a good question because I'm not around. I wasn't around master's students as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I would say I think masters is a little bit more. Hands on. I mean, the the feeling that I get um, is that with like a master's, you go into a company, you might not be able to like lead, you know, certain um, focuses or or whatnot. But you do end up, you know, the three years that you're you're in the job while like a PhD is like doing his or her PhD, um, you end up kind of building up to to that uh, capability. Okay. Yeah. You get paid more as a PhD? That's a great question. Oh my God. Okay. My grandparents asked me this question all the fucking time. Cause they're like, like, what are you doing? Like you're wasting away in school. Like your eggs are like drying up. Like, <laughs> do you actually make that much more money? And, and, um, I think, I think I hear this from PhDs more often <laughs> is that like, if you do start off at a master's salary, um, versus like, you know, work those three years versus when you go in as a PhD, it's actually kind of roughly the, the same. Interesting. Um, <laughs> more or less I, mm-hmm. um, I think it really depends on who you talk to I, I might have been talking to some really uh, jaded PhD students <laughs> <laughs> they're like I'm wasting my time <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um, there's that so 
how did you first become interested in science? I feel like for a lot of biologists, many of us have this moment of like, oh, I saw for me like a frog or a toad or a salamander or whatever, and it like changed my life, you know, but I feel like, I don't know, did you have a similar experience in terms of engineering or? Um, yeah. So in terms of engineering, my parents were very surprised and worried when I when I chose that because like my dad loves to tell me that when I was a kid like he put me on his lap and like I play on the computer and like for some reason like I would crash it he's like I don't know what keys you pressed but you like managed to crash like I used to do that all the time too my parents were like you have some sort of aura about you that just destroys electronics <laughs> like everything breaks around you like are you really sure that's what you want to go into um but yeah. Um, so I, I got into engineering for a number of reasons. Um, I was lucky enough that uh, I met a mentor uh, early on um, and like we basically adopted him into the family and he adopted me into like his family. Um, and he was this like youth group mentor at church that my mom would make me like talk to him because she thought he was really smart and she was right. Um, and he used to be uh, an electrical engineer and um, like uh, he spent so much time like just being there for me and, and like every Friday he would come over and, and he would talk about this like new science thing or um, oh here's like a problem like how would you solve it uh, mm. or like uh, you know what's the first thing you do after you come up with like a hypothesis or, or just like life skills like what kind of credit card like should you should you apply for like just anything and everything and and he was a retired electrical engineer and I wanted to be just like him when when I grew up and I, I still kind of do so um, that's kind of how I got into it. Oh, that's awesome. So when, like, how old were you when you met him? I was in seventh grade. Seventh uh, grade. Okay. Yeah. When I met him. Cool. So did that change how you pursued like school or high school or any like hobbies and clubs and things that you did or? Um, I think like, I think it did. I, I think I spent, hmm. So I guess I grew up in a very, in a very like risk averse kind of environment, you know, mm-hmm. um, especially with, with my parents, uh, you know, coming here and like, you know, trying to establish themselves and provide for the family, et cetera, et cetera. Um, to them, like stability was key and, and stability was associated with things that they knew and they were comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and you, you want to do things that you're good at, um, I don't know. I think, I think I ended up pursuing engineering because I, my mentality was always do the hardest thing, always do Mm. like the thing that you find most challenging, like always be slightly uncomfortable because I know I'm very risk averse and, and, and having been able to, to have, um, Mr. Andrews or call him grandpa Russ or, um, (laughs) being able to have him in my life. Um, like he really believed in me. Like he really, Um, but, but he really thought that like, you didn't have to be naturally good at something to, to go for it. Like, as long as you're bright, as long as you got like thick skin, as long as you're willing to like make really dumb mistakes and just keep on going with it. Like the world is yours, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you said that you had a mentality of 
like approaching things that were difficult and challenging for you, but that your parents had sort of an idea of like, you should do what you're good at. And those sound a little bit like they're in conflict. And so I'm wondering, like, were they in conflict? And where do you think you got that mentality from? Um, They were most definitely in conflict. Um, My parents are an interesting bag of uh, uh, different, like, uh, beliefs, I guess. And, and, um, like my parents want me to be happy and they're like, Oh, just do what makes you happy. But also at the same time, they're like, it's too hard. Like, don't do that. Like, that's not for you. Like, so it's like, like, mom, dad, like, what are you trying to say? Like, can you just choose one and like stick to it? Um, but I, I mean, you only live once, right. So might not do the hardest thing. Um, uh, but also I've realized that sometimes that might not be the best way to live your entire life. Like, um, that's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So when, what did you do? Or like, can you tell us about college? What did you do? Where did you go to college? And oh my God. Yes. <laughs> go Gauchos. Go Gauchos. Um, I went to UCSB. Fucking love that place. Um, and, uh, I majored in electrical engineering. Um, and yeah, I was so uptight back in undergrad because <laughs> like, <laughs> like you know how we like have pre-games and stuff yeah like, I would not go to parties I would not drink because I was so gung-ho on on like proving to my parents that I could do it um yeah. and that like I could do it well and and also I, I mean if you do something you want to do it well right mm-hmm. um so there's also kind of that so I I was so I was so uptight um in in undergrad um but it kind of paid off. Like I, I worked really, really hard. So. Yeah. Yeah. Did you do research in undergrad? Yeah. So in undergrad, um, there were REUs, mm-hmm. um, and, and stuff like that. And, oh, I also would like to go on a tangent. I guess this can be later. Um, but yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's crazy how, how, um, like, different it is in in undergrad like I I remember um taking a CS class with one of my friends and we couldn't get this one particular homework problem and then the next day she was like oh like this is how you do it and I was like how how did you like that's amazing and she was like yeah I just asked my mom and I was like my mind was blown (laughs) I didn't know you could ask your parents for help pass like like you're in college like the fact that you can that's that's just amazing and I remember she'd be like oh yeah my parents sent me this like email for for like first like freshman internships at this particular company and I was like what what (laughs) like that's a thing like (laughs) I had no idea what do your parents think you do like when you talk to them about or your family in general I guess what do they how do they picture like going to grad school that's a great question um so like they didn't even know I was going to grad school until like I told them that I got in um and they're like oh like what (laughs) Uh, like I remember I specifically drove home to tell them in person that I got into like like Stanford for like grad school yeah um because like I'm like like mom dad like you work so so hard like you know, you, you were always there for me. Like, I want to tell you in person. Um, and my dad's reaction was like, oh, wow. <laughs> my, mom's, my mom's reaction was like, oh, is that like a good school for what you want to do? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it's, yeah. It's, it's, and my sister's reaction was like, wow, like you didn't get into Berkeley. Like, uh. <laughs> oh, siblings. <there's> a uh. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, but um, okay. So I think I have one relative that thinks that I I work on like the telephone poles. Mm. She's like, wait, so like, is that like the people who climb on that and and, and fix the? I'm like, no, not really, because it's it's very broad. Like, there's a, there's so many different like sub areas in in luxury. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I don't really talk to my parents about what I do. I don't think they, yeah. My dad asks me to fix microwaves um, when I'm back. And when I can't do it, he's like, wow, like, why do we send you to school? (laughs) How did you decide that you wanted to go to grad school out of undergrad? Um, Did you always sort of know or was that like a decision point? So let's see. I guess it's a combination of of a lot of things. The first thing would be, um, I had this like really great professor um, who, like I've cried in his office like so many times. Um, who, who's, he's just always been there and, and, and he's, uh, he really cares. And I, I think a lot of my reasoning behind my choices is to try to emulate like people who I really respected or, or admired or um, wanted to be like. Um, so he had a PhD and I was like, oh my God, he knows like, he knows everything. Like he knows so much. Like, like, you know how people, there are people who like know things, but then there are people who like understand shit. Like, mm-hmm. like they knew it inside, like forward, backwards, like all the way. And I, and I wanted that. Like I really wanted that. Um, so that was one thing. Another thing was that, um, it was more of the, like, do the hardest thing. Like, and, and I thought like, Oh, PhD sounds really fucking difficult. (laughs) Why not go go for that? Um, and, um, and also my, uh, boyfriend at the time and his friends who like, we all live together, uh, we all live together and, and, uh, he was applying for a PhD because he was like a physics major, um, as were like a lot of his friends. So I was like, yeah, why not? <laughs> kind How of a culmination, <laughs> yeah, a culmination of a lot of things. Yeah. So when you look back on everything in your pursuit of science, are there any certain moments that sort of stick out as being like turning points, either things where you're like, yeah, this really made me want to pursue this or like, Hmm, I'm rethinking this at this point in time. When I am at that point where I'm like, hmm, I don't know how I feel about it. I think that might be because I don't know how to really regulate the more emotional side of, of work, if that hmm. makes sense. Can you like explain that a little more or like give an example maybe of a time when like the emotional side of things had more of an impact than you sort of like had expected they would? Yeah. Yeah. So I um was accepted into like I applied only for PhD programs um mm-hmm. and I remember thinking that like you know I can work hard right like we all know what it is to like sweat you know and 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 um stay up late and and just grind like I'm familiar with that I, I know what that's like but I never Like, I didn't realize that it would be difficult uh, emotionally. Like, I I didn't realize that mental health was, like, a thing. (laughs) I had, like, no idea until, like, I got to grad school. And I was like, why do I feel so shitty, like, all the time? (laughs) Um, Because in undergrad, it was just, like, go, go, go. Like, these are the tasks. I'm going to, like, fucking master them. I'm going to do so well. Like, I'm going to work so hard. Um, And it was just easy. But, But 
uh, not easy, but like it was straightforward. Yeah. But yeah, like it sometimes just feels so nebulous, you know, like there's uh, so little structure Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes too much freedom is, is, is overwhelming. Um, I would say, and yeah, it's, it's like lonely too. Like it's like, a process. like no yeah. one tells, no one tells you that man. Like, um, like, I, so the thing about like in, in undergrad and like, um, SB, like when you stayed up late, like there was like a shit ton of other people in, in the computer room just yeah. like, working on stuff. And like, when you, um, when like stuff couldn't work, like you could just be like, Oh my God, my guys, this sucks. Like, I don't know what's wrong with this. And like have this like long discussion because everyone is doing the the same thing. Right. Right. But, um, in, I guess in a PhD, you do have that kind of discussion. It's just like, you're the captain of your own ship and it's just you in in a ship. Yeah. (laughs) And like, if you're screwed, like you're screwed. (laughs) Yeah. And you have people who will, who can help you, but they're not like, directing your ship yeah you still you are in charge of the whole ship and they can help you with like little bits and pieces around the edges but like you have to do the main thing yeah yeah basically like like um I mean my my professor warned I guess not warned but like advised me that like you should do a PhD if it is the first thing you think about when you wake up and the last thing you think about when you go to sleep um Hmm. and yeah I mean I think that's a little uh hardcore but yeah yeah I I think that's a little hardcore (laughs) I feel like the mentality around that is changing you know I feel like that is sort of more of an old school Mm -hmm. mentality of like this must be your life and like this is the most important thing to you and I feel like things are shifting a little bit so it's like this is important to you and you care about these things deeply, but you know, you have other things in your life that bring you happiness and joy. And yeah. Yeah. Balance is so important. And, um, it's like, uh, I think the sooner that I realized that the better (laughs) it was for me (laughs) emotionally too. Um, Yeah. What were some of the sort of difficult emotions that were coming up for you as a PhD student that you hadn't really expected? You mentioned loneliness, but were there, yeah. Were there other ones? There were, there were just, oh my God, there's so many things. It, um, like, uh, apparently I'm a little bit of a perfectionist and, uh, sometimes that's not the most productive thing to, to, to have. Um, yeah, preaching to the choir. Over here. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think it was a, a kind of like a perspective kind of thing. Like, um, I realized that I was like extremely hard on myself and, and very judgmental mm. uh, and also um, huge, huge imposter syndrome. Like I was so scared of, of saying something incorrect that I wouldn't say it at all. And it's like, that's not the point. Like the point is to like ask questions and, and, and um, have a thick skin and be curious. Um, and I think I was just so caught up in like, oh my God, like, what if, what if I don't know this? Like, you know, I, I studied this in like undergrad, but I like crammed it. Like, I, I don't really like know it. Like, I don't remember this and I don't remember that. And like, right. they, they realized that like, they, like, what if they look through my search history and they realize I Googled like Fourier transform, like shit. Like, I'm gonna- I literally started this interview by asking you what photonics was. So literally, literally, <laughs> I was very tempted to go, oh, let me just Googled it real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope my employer doesn't hear this because I, I, I work hard. I, I really do. <laughs> so, 
um but yeah it was it was a lot of things and uh just also another thing that i never realized i had a trouble trouble with but i realize that now is i have a very hard time correcting people who are older than me or Mm -hmm. are in more senior positions Mm -hmm. like even if they say something incorrect or even if they say that I was wrong, I'm gonna be like, oh yeah, sure. Let me let me just check that again. Like, let me just look at that. Even though like, I know it's not, yeah. So that, that was a very, I never realized that. I was like, I talk back to like my parents all the time. Like, what do you mean? Um, so yeah, um, that was also a, a interesting. Could you talk a little bit more about imposter syndrome? Cause that's something that hasn't really come up on the podcast yet, but I feel like lots oh. of people in PhD programs, especially I think honestly yeah. experience. And so like, what did that sort of, feel like for you yeah um not great (laughs) (laughs) sorry that's that's really um mouthy answer let me let me let's see what did it feel like oh just so much fear (laughs) just so much fear and just anxiety like so much fear and so much anxiety yeah all all the goddamn time um like i would hate presenting because um, I would always be like in my head, like, oh, this is not good enough. Like, oh, this could have been better. Like I could have done this better. And and like, it's really uh, like 90% about it is about like how you present it. Like per, per perspective is like, you can, or sorry, perception is, is something that you can like induce in like other people. Mm-hmm. Um, like I would, yeah, no, I, I, I Mm, I would like undermine myself if that makes yeah. sense. And I think imposter syndrome does that. And it's so overrated, you know, it's so, it's so overrated. When like people talk about like the floating duck, what is it? The, the, oh yeah. The duck floating, syndrome. The, the duck syndrome or like imposter syndrome. I'm like, that's so overrated. Like, that's not me. Like, <laughs> um, it totally is. It absolutely is. Uh, yeah. And it's like, I guess fear, it, it made me really scared of, um, asking questions and just um, shooting out like really dumb ideas that, you know, like dumb ideas are, are, are like really important because that's yeah. how you get. Yeah. So, yeah. That's how you brainstorm and everything. That's how, exactly. Exactly. And I think that just really prevented me from, from uh, going all out. What role do you think mentorship by faculty or grad students or friends, peers, et cetera, plays in sort of combating these feelings of imposter syndrome that we have? Oh, I think it's so important. Like, honestly, it can, it can, uh, you know, be a make or break. Um, like if, if I decide to continue and, and, um, I, I end up continuing, like mentorship is going to be huge. Like, honestly, my, I feel like some, there should be like a, a, a PI and then there should be like another like supervisor who's like there to to like because because you have to like manage funds like funding and like grants and all that but like mm-hmm. also it, it's just it's so much for one person to to manage it really yeah. is like you can't be expected to do all like the paperwork and technical stuff and also be like hey <laughs> like you're doing all right yeah <laughs> like, yeah you okay there um yeah so i think it'd be huge it's huge like honestly if i um, end up sticking through the PhD, uh, I am going to acknowledge like 
mental health is so fucking important. No one, no one tells you how hard it is emotionally. <laughs> like, yeah. no one. I had no idea. It's like you're walking in blind. Like, I remember after I got into to Stanford and I set up like a rotation program with someone. This was before the summer started. And I was, I was interning. I was doing a summer internship. Like, I would leave work, um, go to a cafe and just read papers that I had no idea like what they were talking about because I like I wanted to be prepared but I didn't know how so I would just like read these papers like I literally can show you notes where I've taken down notes but I have no idea what the fuck that that I was saying (laughs) like like I had like the intent you know like I, I I had the intent and now looking back, I think I would have been much better served if I had just read a book about like things to expect when, you know, like, it's whole, yeah, it's a little different. It's a whole different book. Yeah. yeah. I wonder, do you think that these sorts of things and sort of lack of potentially like emotional mentorship um, is made worse in a engineering PhD as a woman? since there are many fewer women in, <laughs> in engineering. You know, I, I mean, obviously men are capable of having these conversations as yeah. well, but I think just like being able to connect with another woman in the field yeah. and talk about all of the like extra things that you have to experience as a woman going through a PhD, especially in engineering, is just different. Yeah, so I, I think in response to that, there's like one, two and three okay there are three things i'm gonna be organized now instead of floundering around and going off on tangents um so like i never thought that uh diversity was important (laughs) so like i was like an 18 year old like going into an engineering field like and everyone's making a big deal about how there's not a lot of women in engineering and i'm like why does it matter like we're all the same you know like we're just as capable as as anyone else like right what is it like I can like we have the same brains you know like like, I can do anything that guy's doing yeah I can do anything that guy's doing like why does my vagina like factor into this at all um and I had that kind of mentality up until the end of um Tasha's bachelorette season (laughs) (laughs) like which was like three weeks ago which was like three weeks ago (laughs) um yeah no I I we were I was watching it with with my boyfriend and his housemates and his housemates were all just making these like super duty like broy remarks about like oh my god like he's being so vulnerable like that's so gross and like <laughs> after after the episode I like cried and I was like I feel so alone like I want someone who who looks like me like who who's uh I mean, there are people who, who look like me, but I want like more people who look right. like me and like who, who know what it's like. And, and um, there are like women in, in uh, like engineering and I, I talk uh, occasionally with, with some of them, not enough, but um, you know, it's just, I never noticed I was surrounded by so much, so much like <laughs> white menness. <laughs> Male, male, male energy. Um, and also like another thing, um, and they're great. They're they're really great. Like I just want to put it out there. Like like they're so yeah. sweet. Like they yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. But it's just so different. Sweet. There's still something different. There's just something different. And I was talking once again to my therapist about this. Um, her name's Rose. She's super cool. Um, we've worked through a lot of shit together. 
everyone should go to therapy if actually, you know what, therapy should be accessible. Um, yes. to, yeah, there we go. That's better. And I was telling her about all this and she was like, you know, um, it's really interesting because, uh, you know, you're, you're trying to make it in like a male dominated field and, um, like girls and boys are, are socialized differently, like often, like, mm-hmm. um, and, and girls are, are taught to be nice. Right. And, and boys, um, I think what she said was like, boys are taught to ask for forgiveness instead of permission. And mm-hmm. girls are taught the other way around. Like it is a sin to, to yeah. ever have to ask for forgiveness. Like you have to tread, you know, um, your space. And so I never realized that I was playing by a different set of rules, <laughs> you know, like yeah. people would be in lab and they'd be like, oh yeah, like, let me do that. Like, oh, uh, I want to, I want to do this. And I want to do that. Let me, let me try that. And, and like over here, I was like reading, trying to like figure out like, oh, is that polite to do? Like, can I, is that kosher? Like, can I do this? And, and it was, yeah, it was a really good um, epiphany. It's just yeah, different set of rules. Yeah. Which is irritating. Okay. You said you had three things. Was that one? Uh, the, the, so one was, uh, that was the girls, guys rules. The first one was Tasha. Oh, and, and the third thing is, um, uh, one time I was talking to someone else who was doing a PhD and she was like, Oh, the advice I got from, from like a, a mentor, like a female mentor who's been through it is like during group meeting, uh, when someone else is presenting, make sure you review the like specific subject that that person is presenting and then you absolutely demolish him or her by asking questions and like that's how you basically like pee around like your turf like that's how you establish yourself um and and she was saying that like oh man like you know um teaches you how to play the game but like do you really want to like play it like that yeah and yeah yeah i don't want to play that game (laughs) that's stressful yeah, and and also like I'm I'm don't mean to say that this is how like all group cultures are, and and this is right. not true of the group that uh, I was in. Like, um, but I think it does happen enough that people recognize it as like like a way to. <laughs> yeah, you know, for sure. Yeah. So on this topic of like mental health and all of that, have you? through working with Rose, your therapist, and just over time, like, come up with, or do you, what sort of strategies do you implement to try to take care of yourself physically and mentally in grad school? So physically, I think I'm, like, supposed to exercise and, and whatnot. <laughs> I've seen you exercise. <laughs> it comes, it comes in waves. Um, mentally, I think mentally, a lot of it is, like, uh, disarming um, that kind of like perfectionist mindset or that like really judgmental, like self-talk, like, oh my God, like this isn't enough data. Like, obviously this is like such, such trash. Like why can't she, you know, just stuff like that. Um, but she, she, um, I think it's like reframing, like trying to see things in like a positive way, being, being proud, like taking, um, like presentations, like, like those as opportunities to be proud of your work and be like, Hey, this is what I did. Like, like screw you all. Like I'm great. Um, which is such a difficult thing to do, but she also likes to say that, um, attitude follows behavior. So I think her example was that, um, littering, you know, was a thing. And then people started finding people for it. And then now littering is like, Oh, I can't believe like you're such a litter bug, like gross. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So I think that was her example. Um, yeah. So a lot of it is just reframing and, yeah. and it's like 
it's wild because I think, um, I don't know, especially with, um, like, I think the Asian mentality of raising children, um, I'm not going to speak to whatever I say is, is with a lot of asterisks and, um, like, uh, um, take it if it fits and leave it if it doesn't. Um, but I think a lot of like Asian communities are very harsh on their children. And it's like, um, I'm doing this to make you better, uh, uh, kind of thing. Like, um, oh, this could be better. That could be better. This could be better. Um, and if you bring that kind of mentality, uh, especially into something that's like free form as research. Yeah. It, it's not, it's not a great combination. Like yeah. <laughs> it, it really, trust me, like it's not, it's not super sustainable. Um, I would say so. So one thing I was wondering actually is, is it commonplace amongst your peers in your, uh, program to like talk about this sort of stuff and to, like have discussions about the fact that like this is hard and I'm feeling imposter syndrome or is this something that people keep sort of hidden? I think I think it's something people keep closer to the sleeve hmm. to the heart to the whatever the saying is. What advice would you give to someone who's interested in pursuing a career in science? Um, or specifically, I think. You can do difficult things. Like <laughs> we, we can. Okay, let's see. I think there's more of like a positive, general energy that I would this like send that way, and then also more like uh, tangible things. But mm. it's just it's really important to remember that uh, you can do hard things, and um, like you're capable. You're, you're capable. Like um, and. Um, uh, in terms of what to do more tangibly, I guess, is to be, I think if you're hungry and, and, and you have like a general curiosity, um, and this is all very sporadic because I'm still trying to figure it out. No, that's fair. <laughs> um, but I guess it's, it's like, don't let yourself be like your your greatest limit right like mm -hmm. if you're if you're gonna get like stop somewhere don't let it be, be because of like yourself like yeah um, yeah um and I think that's it, it's just crazy because like I'm, I'm seeing my sister like apply for like colleges right now and I'm like listening to what to like her worries and all that and it's like like oh my god like it just makes you really realize that like wow like I see her from my perspective and like she has so much potential and she's such a bright kid but like she sees herself like from her own perspective and it's like so much tighter and more narrow and like bleak and it's like no like you have such a big world ahead of you you know the world is a big big place yeah um and so I think it's just really important to if you can't like do that for yourself like surround yourself with like people who who can remind you that that it's not all shit like it's yeah it's, it's all right yeah okay is there anything else that you want to talk about um uh, if you're going through something, um, like, you know, something specific, like, like the, the engineering or something really hard and you want someone to like talk to, we can't get coffee, but like, if you want someone just to like vent to, or I, I would love to be that person 
um like if they would he she whatever would have me um like yeah it's yeah. Just, if it's you know if you need a shoulder to cry on like i've cried a lot so paying <laughs> <laughs> it forward <laughs> how should people contact you if they would want to reach out to you for something like that robika on instagram okay i really don't know how i spell that um, i'll put it in the show notes so okay cool find it. thank you so much for doing this yeah yeah um i feel a lot lighter but also um yeah <laughs> Wait, actually i have one more question yeah what's up like looking back would you have done anything differently yes and no like hi- hindsight is twenty twenty, right mm-hmm. Um, but I guess, oh, okay. If anyone's starting like a PhD and you're coming from a place where like no one's done a PhD before and you don't know what it is, like, do not like read papers. You don't understand, like buy one of those guidebooks about like 10 ways to like survive your PhD or like what you need to know about, like read up on that stuff. Like that's like, I think the biggest regret that I have is that like, I was, I didn't think to research like what a, like I, I knew what it was but I, I didn't know the other like softer stuff around it you know yeah yeah, um, yeah yeah and that's huge so like if you're thinking about doing a PhD like kudos like congrats like you're 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 fucking amazing and you read read a book like read a book on on, on what it is like if you if your parents aren't like doctors or scientists yeah so, yeah yeah um, that's great advice yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the one thing and also um Mental health is a thing. I did not, I did not know that until like relatively recently. Um, but yeah. Um, um, and oh, also you are your own most important advocate. Like you got to be on your own team. Like that's, I think that's also another thing that I, yeah. like it's just you and you in there, you know, for, yeah. for like your entire life. So you might as well as like, you know, show me up. So. Yeah, that's true. Like positive self-talk and everything, which oh, yeah. I feel like, I feel like a lot of, things that I do now to promote my own like mental well-being and things like that are things that in college I would have been like <laughs> this is like very woo-woo you know like giving myself like little pep talks and having like little mantras in my head of like you can do hard things and like you've done everything that you've done so far and nothing yeah. stopped you and so like you can continue to do hard things and it's just like those help even though it yeah. seems like it's weird it's like that helps me get through things when it's like this sucks and it's like you know what? you've gone through shitty things before and you came out the other side unscathed so you can do yeah. it 200 percent. like that that's like the the hidden that's the secret dude that's that's really what it is i think yeah yeah <laughs> thank you so much <laughs> Thank you again to Rebecca for being here and sharing your story with us. I especially love the part where she talks about how you've got to be on your own team. That is so, so true. I mean, awesome. You can get in touch with Rebecca on Instagram at Robika, and we'll include a link to her Instagram in the show notes since even she doesn't know how to spell her own handle. As always, please get in touch with us at rootstostempodcast at gmail.com or on our website at rootstostempodcast.com. If you're enjoying the show, please recommend our show to a friend or leave a rating and review on iTunes. Stay tuned for our next episode in two weeks. Bye. Bye.